Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 118. The past will reflect the present and the future. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Lori as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, this is a topic where I should know a lot more about, but I don't. But you know what? It's a learning experience, and the best way to learn about history is to talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. And that's basically why I have you here today. But before we start to talk about history, not our history, but oh, actually maybe a little bit of your history as well, uh, who is Lori? I was born in Sydney, but I uh, grew up most of my life in Northamptonshire in England. I'm a university student. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Still to me, really. That's all we need to know. That's the perfect amount of Lori, because I'm sure we're going to learn more about you throughout this entire podcast. So it's perfect. And now, before we jump into the topic of today, I'm sure people will also love to learn a little bit more about you on the interweb, the social media monster. So do you have any social media links, websites, projects, or anything at all that you love to share with the audience? Uh, yeah, so um, I recently started a podcast. It's called The Rediscovery Podcast. It's on Twitter, so rediscovery underscore pod. I basically go into my hobby history, um, particularly kind of mid 20th century stuff, just to kind of learn a bit more about that, that era, which I'm super interested in. Um, so that's just over on Twitter and you can find me on Spotify and Google Podcasts and everywhere else. That's perfect. I'll put those links in the description below so people can go check it out, show some love, show some support, and just watch your podcast grow. Thank you. Thank you. And now for the topic of today, which is going to be historic. It kind of, yeah, that was a horrible pun, but yes, today <laughs> is, we're talking about learning about history. So what kind of history do you prefer to learn about? Yeah, um, so just, I, I think history as a, as a hobby, it's not something that you have to have a specific discipline. Obviously, it's so vast, wide-ranging. It's everything ever, effectively, isn't it? So personally, for me, I'm really interested in kind of early 20th century history. Um, I feel like that was a really kind of important time for a lot of people. And then, but, you know, I have varied random interests. So randomly super interested in 18th century Russia as well. They've got a really fascinating historical timeline, but just a bit of everything, really. A bit of everything. I like that. You try to keep yourself diverse in the historic aspect, which is awesome because you're just expanding your mind and learning new things. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure this all had a beginning, no pun intended. Uh, how did you get introduced to learning about history? It's hard to say. It, it's kind of been a really gradual process for me. So obviously you start in school, you learn the basics of your kind of country's history, international history really early on. I think what kind of sparked my immediate area of interest, which is kind of like early 20th century, um, was was kind of probably 15 or 16, um, kind of developing my worldview. And I stumbled across this YouTube channel um, called The Gentleman's Gazette. It's a really interesting show um, and it's the hosts on there talk about kind of fashion and kind of lifestyle in the early 20th century. So it's particularly with like menswear and suiting and things like that. And I was fascinated um, with that whole kind of uh, aesthetic of the era. And that really kind of pushed me on into furthering my knowledge of that kind of century. Hmm, that's, that's interesting. So on that note, do you actually, let's say, bring back some of those fashion trends to today like you see those things like let's say a top hat you're like you know what <laughs> today i deserve to wear a top hat and a monocle i don't think i'm, I'm, I'm quite that uh, <laughs> that far with it that's quite a bit of a look but no i do try to dress a bit more traditionally i would suppose uh, a bit more plainly i think 
that just suits me. So I guess that era was a match made in heaven for me, I guess. And do you own any, uh, artif- I, w- I would call them artifacts, but let's say antiques or anything from that era, from the early 20th century? Uh, I do own an overcoat from, it's not quite early on, but it is 20th century. Um, and I try to wear it as much as I can. It just makes me feel really cool. <laughs> it's probably a, bit, probably a bit nerdy, but no, I really do love it, actually. It's not nerdy at all. It's you like just embracing your hobby and kind of, I bet you have this wonderful feeling like, cool, this was worn by somebody many, many years ago. Yeah, yeah. And they're so easy to get your hands on as well, kind of clothing artifacts that have such like a tapestry of history with for not much money at all compared to kind of new clothes. And that that's amazing for me. I know you're not an antique hunter, but is there any type of artifact from the earliest early 21st century sorry not 21st early 20th century that you'd like to get i think kind of vintage ties i'm super Mm. interested in because the way that obviously you come to learn this when you kind of look into it but the way that the fabrics have changed the way that the patterns and widths and all that stuff has changed is really interesting and i think they just look better because they're kind of thicker and heavier but i don't own any but i would love to kind of get my hands on one one day so people listening uh, if you know you want to donate your 20th century tie you know uh, laurie <laughs> won't say no that's that's what i'm getting right <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely and now back to the actual topic of learning about history you say you like to learn about a little bit about everything, but is there one, let's say, specific topic you prefer to learn about? Let's say war, politics, culture, economics, music, fashion? I think it'd probably be culture for me. I think it's best to learn from people themselves because it, it's you can only learn so much looking at a factual kind of basis about anything. But to kind of really deep dive, you need to learn, for me personally, like kind of what it was like to be there. Um, and I think you do that by learning about people's lives and people's culture from from all over the world. And that's completely fascinating to me. And this is a perfect segue. You said from all over the world. Is there specific areas around the world you like to do research on? Or are you just more of a free spirit and like to do research everywhere? I think I do have specific like, pockets of interest, but I'm not someone that kind of only looks at kind of European history or Asian history or whatever. Yeah, so my, my mind is kind of a wanderer. So I will kind of be looking into something one day and then all get sidetracked and suddenly I'm in 19th century Bolivian history out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, for you, is it hard to do? Because you say you do a lot of research for culture. And from the past, we all know that a lot of things are written by the victors, the ones who are the winners, the the strong, the mighty. But do you go look for, let's say, like diaries or family historic moments where they just written on like a little personal journal or something like that that just goes more personal to have a better perspective of individual lives yeah of course yeah because you have to be aware of not looking at history from a one-sided point of view it's very really easy to do um especially living where i do a kind of a country that's been quite it's, it's hard to say kind of an aggressor in kind of international history so learning about other places is paramount for me so not trying to limit yourself in terms of one-sided history is really important. So um, I think diaries are, are really, really good, like you said. So obviously everyone's kind of heard of the famous kind of Anne Frank and all that kind of thing. But again, it's similar with the the vintage things. Like if you scour a, like an antique shop, you can almost always find old books that people have written in. So not even necessarily diaries, but kind of fiction novels that people have written in the couple of first pages, which is fascinating just to get a mind inside so there was a book i discovered 
um, a couple of months ago. The, the title escaped me, but it was in an antique shop in Nottingham um, in the UK. And inside of the front cover, there was a handwritten note. It was from a gentleman to his, I suppose, wife to be. And it was a kind of a love letter in the, in the front. And it was so amazing to read because it's people don't do that anymore. You, you know, you don't send a book to your fiance <laughs> in the mail anymore. And just learning things that are so foreign to kind of my everyday life is amazing. And on the note of being foreign, do you ever find documents from another country that are, let's say, in their original language and you get it translated? And if so, do you find it reliable, the translation? Because some things can be lost within translations. Mm, of course, of course. The thing for translations especially, um, I'm quite interested in if I was going to translate or look for translations of, of various texts or whatever, um, it would be, I tend to get wound up in kind of ancient historic languages that I don't really have a grasp on. So kind of ancient Greek culture is really something that I'm interested in. Um, and obviously that's not a language that's really used anymore. So I would have no hope in the world of translating. So the translations I'm, I'm hoping people have done them justice, but I don't think that necessarily takes away from the value of, of looking at things like that. I don't know if you've ever tried this, but you know how Google has a Google Lens or Google whatever, I think it's Google Photo, just to put it over the text and it translate instantly. Have you ever tried that? I haven't, no, but that is a really interesting idea. I, I think Google might struggle with ancient Greek, but I think it would be certainly worth it to give it a go. <laughs> yeah, it's free, yeah. you got nothing to lose except Google learning of all course. the information of history. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking about Google, which is a search engine, what is your favorite resource to go learn more things about history? Is it the internet, books, other people, scribbles on the wall? I say scribbles, but I'm more, I know that's not the correct term, but yes. <laughs> well, obviously the, the internet is a, a fantastic resource. Like we're so lucky to be able to have that. You know, like I, like I said earlier, I think getting real accounts of real people is something that is not only engaging in terms of not just looking at facts from Google, but it's something that is more personal. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if I was to to look at something that someone has said or written rather than, you know, facts about any given war or country, it it's infinitely more engaging, I think, just to get that personal level. Because I think one of the things with my podcast, if you don't mind me plugging again. So I'm I'm 19, kind of Gen Z, as you would say not someone that would particularly be engaging with things that aren't taught in school necessarily. And I think there's a really big kind of disconnect between people my age and the older kind of generation, you know, from that era. So engaging with them, talking to them. So I live in a, a village now. I'm surrounded by people that, you know, the, the population of my area is vastly older than I am. Um, so trying to engage with people is something that I really, really tried to do because it seems a shame because they have all that knowledge and all that experience and wealth of understanding that you, you won't necessarily get from a search engine. So I would always try to talk to people and understand, you know, their lives rather than just looking at a textbook or anything like that. It's kind of interesting. It's just that little icebreaker that can just make the conversation go so far. Well, I bet you when you like introduce yourself, you have a conversation with somebody, they already have a prejudged notion of like, oh, he's a 19 year old. He must like video games or uh, YouTube and all the stuff like that. And then when we start talking about history, like, whoa, what? 
oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and yeah. then you guys become friends and then you start talking about different things. And that's the cool thing. You get to connect on different levels. Like what, what, what we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, I don't necessarily like present myself as someone that would be interested in talking to kind of older folks. So I'm, you know, 19 and have tattoos and everything like that. I, I think they're eager to share quite often and they just want someone to listen. And that's what I love to do. So. And that's why I have you here today. <laughs> Yeah, just to share and just to learn with people. And that's, yeah, it's amazing. A random question popped up in my head, but did you ever, did this actually influence you to start uh, doing some research of your own family history? Yeah, actually. So my mum is, uh, she's got Dutch heritage. And I found out through kind of her family records that my great grandfather served in the Dutch Navy in World War II. Um, and got to see his kind of sailor's license and just see, because I, I, never grasped that concept before engaging with my own history rather than learning about other people and other countries but no it was it was fascinating and obviously i i don't would never meet him and would never hope to understand him but just to get that kind of snapshot of of his life was really interesting and has this helped you start making your own let's say journal to document your life so you can pass it down to your family or future generations that would be interesting i think I'm not much of a writer. I'm more of a more of a talker. <laughs> so maybe, maybe my maybe maybe this episode will be something that people can listen to. Just again, I would I would think if I was to have grandchildren, I'd rather talk to them than read my journal. <laughs> I don't think I'd have much to say. Well, you also have your podcast you can share as well. Yeah, yeah, that'll be there forever. <laughs> hopefully oh yeah it's once on the internet always on the internet even when you can't find it the government can find it <laughs> they can always get hands on it absolutely and when it comes to actually analyzing history some things could be false some things could be correct so for you what's your process to do cross analysis to make sure things are accurate i would say it's not always necessarily people are are lying when they would then when they record history especially like you were talking about earlier with the the victor and the loser to say. I wouldn't say that anyone particularly has, you know, a, a wrong answer. It's just individual histories that kind of form this tapestry of an event, which is obviously my job to untangle. And obviously you need to corroborate your sources and other things like that. But just, I wouldn't go into, say I was researching the Second World War, this huge event. I wouldn't go into it with a, a preconceived notion of, this is right and this is wrong. I feel like everything has some kind of merit. Obviously, some things are pretty fabricated, but other things are, are very true. Um, and I think everything you can learn from, everything you can unpick and unpack, and that's just the, the process more than um, the, the final result is the thing that I enjoy most. This might be an odd question, but you know how you're saying going in with the preconceived notion of being right? Has it ever happened to you that you got into a heated debate with someone in regards to a historic moment? Ooh, that is a very dicey question. <laughs> I think there were a lot of, especially doing the, the history that I'm super into, so kind of 20th century things. Um, there were a lot of very strong opinions about various <laughs> events that happened in that century. Um, particularly, like I was saying, with the World War II stuff, kind of Cold War things. Some people have very strong opinions. I try to remain unbiased and remain absent from many things like that. But no, I would say people that have very strong opinions are joy to engage with. I'll, I'll be very diplomatic and say that. And I could imagine it's worse online than it is in person. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you have no idea. 
Yeah, just in the in the Twitter in the Twitter sphere, all that kind of thing. Just people going crazy, and it's it's a it's a marvel. It's a marvel. You kind of like imagine: Are they trolling, or do they actually believe what they're saying? <laughs> Sometimes you have to hope that they're trolling. Like it's YouTube comments of various videos, I'm sure you've you've encountered this as well. Everyone has come across this. Just someone with a very very strong opinion. Like I hope you're joking, but some level of me thinks you're being serious <laughs> and i feel bad like I, I hope i hope you just open a book and learn hopefully <laughs> yes I hope, I hope so you can only hope for the best i don't hope for the best and for you what would you say is the best part about learning about history on a personal and an emotional level i would say getting the chance to engage with people that you wouldn't normally have the chance to talk to so you know i'm a i'm a university student so my my everyday life is dominated by people my own age on some level, it's great because they're my peers and I can talk to them about everything that we know about. Um, but some part of me wishes that I interacted with people on a day to day basis that were completely different to me. Because I, I think in our kind of current culture, there's a, a big disconnect between, like I said, people my age and all, all the generations' um, past um, lives and past experiences. Um, so getting the chance to kind of interact with people, maybe change a few minds about opinions they might have about people my age and obviously learn from them as well. So just getting the chance to talk to people that you wouldn't normally get the chance to interact with is fabulous. It's amazing. Once again, exactly what we're doing because I'm 28. I'm from Canada. So now I'm adding to that culture, that experience for both you and I. Yeah, it's just, it, you know, getting to chop it up with you is fantastic <laughs> but i'm sure you have a lot more experience with history well I, I guess i have more experience as in literally being alive longer but other than that you have more experience with history than i do <laughs> <laughs> well everyone can always learn everyone can learn exactly and actually speaking about learning it's a small it's a, sh a short process it's a slow process so for you what was your biggest challenge when you first started learning about history i think because it's such a wide a wide kind of area it's it's not something that you can approach and say right i'm going today learn everything there is to know about history because you can't like it will take a <laughs> lifetime and more to understand one percent of it so i think staying focused on something um staying on task is something that i struggled with so because i feel like i was so in the beginning so fascinated with everything I learned not much about a lot of things, so I couldn't really say anything about anything. So just taking the time to dig deep, find those accounts, find those diaries, find those journals, and just learn things at a more base level, and then building up from there, not trying to attack everything at all different angles. Um, There's something that is you have to learn with. Um, it's a skill you have to learn. And then also something that is hard to get a grasp on is history as a as an entity you're not going to like everything that you uncover like it's not it's not a particularly peaceful area of interest it's not something that you will love everything you come across is some things will be hard to process um so try not to get too emotionally invested in everything all at once is really important so you can kind of stay objective and take breaks and take timeouts and say whoa i didn't want to learn about that straight away because that's really sad or that's really heartbreaking as a as an event per se so you learn about tragedies and famines and everything like that so just trying to stay objective stay present and not getting wrapped up in things that will upset you 
is is, a, is another thing that is was a bit of a challenge at the start, I would say. And in this day and age, a lot of things on the internet upset a lot of people. So on that note, do you think, let's say, 100 years from now or 200 years from now, the future generations are going to have a harder time like understanding the beginning of the 21st century because there's so much information? That, that, that is something that I think, you know, future people like me will will struggle with because there are so much records. Everyone has a Twitter account. Everyone has Facebook. Everyone has YouTube. Everyone's putting content out. Everyone's putting a lot of sometimes unsavory views on the internet. So I think trying to wade through all the kind of the brush of the internet will be a, a struggle for some people. So I think for me, is in, in my time of journey with studying history, I'm really blessed to be able to have the internet as a resource to learn things but also it's not so expansive that people haven't been uploading to the internet for a hundred years at this point so there's not billions of results on everything there's maybe a few hundred so it's easy to stay focused so i think it would probably be more important than ever than ever to be more focused on what you say online not trying to stress people out not trying to upset anyone because i could imagine now just like for me reading things that have happened centuries ago upset me uh, just just on a factual basis never mind thousands of people on twitter argue with each other every day which someone in 50 years will have to look through eventually god bless them for when they try to do that but it's not something that I'd want to do at all. <laughs> you know what? You know what I think might end up happening? And it's kind of a scary thought, but I feel like there's going to be an AI that will just gather all the information and start determining what is history. And then people are just going to follow it saying, oh yeah, that's what happened because there's just going to be so much information. I don't know that's if that's like a good thing or a bad. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a scary thought to just let an AI dictate what the history of the world was. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be someone writing in a book. It will be, it will be, you know, artificial intelligence vetting historical accounts for the right way to see something. And I think that's, that's the way we're going. Speaking about seeing things the right way, have you ever encountered like something in a journal that was either faded away or missing certain words? Did you try to like decode it and try to figure out what they were trying to say, or you just left that part out? Yeah. So um, a lot of times you you will come across old books. So not necessarily books from a historical account, but just kind of textbooks and novels that were printed maybe in the 30s or 40s that have, you know, yellowed, they've frayed, the spine of the book is falling apart. So just being really careful. And then often you'll find where people turn the pages. It's it's a visual history because you can see in the bottom right and top right corners the numbers and kind of the the words in those corners will have faded away so you have to often like show the book under a light to see what's under there because obviously people turning the pages their thumb was rubbed away the ink so that can be a bit of a struggle but obviously i would i love doing that because you can see where people have read the books before you you can see who's held them where they've held them maybe where the books have been because if you check them out of a library you can see the date that they were taken out where they've gone and that's just all in part of learning about the, you know the tapestry of history which is great and you know you get all these books from the libraries and other places and i'm sure you can't keep them all because you got to return books from libraries but for you how do you document your history do you put it like on a file on your computer do you take pictures how do you organize all the information you gather um i'm a big fan of 
like handwritten notes. I don't like using the computer to type up things that I've learned. So I'm a big fan of you know, pen, paper, pencils, because I, I feel like it's more genuine that way. Because if I'm learning about something that's quite emotionally straining and I, I type it away on a Word document or whatever, it's a very, again, factual look at what I've done that day. Whereas if I'm if I'm writing something in my handwriting, my handwriting is, is terrible anyway. But if I'm writing something by hand, I can see in a week's time how I really felt about it because my handwriting will be will be rushed or scruffy or it'll be big because I'm angry about something. And then you can you can vet your notes from there and compile them however you want. But I'm it's the same with my notes I take in, in lectures at, at university. I'm always handwriting notes where I'm surrounded by laptops because I feel like you can engage with the content more easily that way rather than just, just mashing away on a keyboard. That is so cool. I've never thought of it that way where like you read something really interesting, then you take your time writing it and you can actually see the emotions within the writing. That, that is really cool. I never thought of it that yeah, way. It's, it's really, it is, it is an emotional thing. Learning. I think it's, you need to be fully engaged with everything that you you write and learn so i think just getting as much personality into your work as possible is, is paramount for me i could just imagine like one day you're extremely angry there's a bunch of holes in the paper like yep yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> anger scribbles and big lines <laughs> tearing pages out crumpled paper and everything <laughs> and uh for you what is your current biggest challenge i think fitting kind of my hobby around my my life the things that i have to do so you know i'm a student so there are there's work that i need to do it, it is incredibly easy to access history, I think. Um, so it's not like other hobbies that you need to say you're really into a sport and you need to go to a sports field to play it. You can at any time access history online. Has learning about history ever stressed you out? Like just something could not click or things that did not make sense? Anything like that? Absolutely. Every day. <laughs> it's, a, it's an everyday challenge. It's completely stressful. So... Like you were saying, things that are upsetting to learn about and then things that even like it's easy to disconnect from. So um, a famine that happened in Ukraine in 1930, it's easy to not live that experience. It's not something that's happening today. I've never been to Ukraine, so I, I can't interact with that on a personal level. But even then, when you learn about history, you reflect it into your daily life. Like, how would it look if I was there? How would I feel if I was part of that? And so, yeah, so stress is a, is a part of every day when you learn about history. But I would, I would always say that the cons are heavily outweighed by the pros. There's, you've got so much to gain. And I think stress is a, is a good way to learn as well. Like It's only so well you can engage with the topic if you're completely offset from it, if you're completely disengaged, if you aren't emotionally attached to what you're learning about but if you've got that connection if you've got a way to feel about it inside that you will carry in the next couple of hours in the next couple of days after you finish learning about it it really stays in your head then it's something that you can carry with you and then you can project that onto other things so emotion as a part of learning is i think really integral and something that's probably been lost recently so it's dogmatic learning in classes is not the way that I would if I was in charge of education across the world I would not do that I would 
change the way that we learn about things, especially history, because you need to be emotional with it, not just learning in a textbook. No, I, I completely agree. History in schools, I'm sure the, teacher, the teachers are doing their best, but some things are out, uh, sounds weird saying this, but outdated teaching method. It's kind of weird saying outdated for history because <laughs> <laughs> literally history is outdated because it's not current date, but yes, sorry. Not happening. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I completely understand there's gotta be new methods to try to teach. And I feel like hands-on experience is a wonderful way. And it's actually, it reminds me because during this whole conversation, I was thinking as well, like my experience with learning history, because I used to be a tour guide at uh, Vimy Ridge in France. Oh, wow. Wow. So I was like a hands-on experience of history. It was kind of surreal. It really puts you in the the moment. So for, for people who are listening, people who are historic uh, fans, they might already, already know about Vimy Ridge. So for those who are interested, it is a battle area during the First World War. And you want to hear a fun fact? I don't know if you already know this, but apparently Hitler went to visit the Vimy Ridge Memorial, but did not destroy it. No way. As he di did for other memorials, because it wasn't a memorial that represented victory. It was a memorial that represented loss, death of soldiers and stuff like that. And since Hitler was a soldier himself, he understood what that felt like. I'm not trying to humanize him in a sense, but I'm saying that was a fun little thing to understand. Like, whoa, that's kind of interesting. And you were standing in the same spot as he, as he was. It was like, this is kind of eerie and creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Just in engaging with things that people have been to before. Like like that, I, I would imagine standing where he stood is, is an incredible kind of surreal experience. Surreal, like eerie been, experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you would feel guilty standing there, but also it's such an amazing thing to to engage with. That Well, that sounds amazing. Wow. There you go. Jeez. I just taught you something new. And you have yes. to back check because... I'm not the most accurate person, but yes. <laughs> well, I, no, I'll take you word for it. I will take you word for it. And uh, a very important question I have to ask you is, what are some misconceptions about people who learn about history? I would say people think that if you are kind of a history buff, you have to be really nerdy. Like you have to be like tucked away in the library. You have to be constantly writing notes and scribbling down things. But that's not something that you have to do at all. I think to to get the most out of the study of history is you need to engage with it. You need to live it, I think. So you don't need to be an expert on anything. You don't need to have studied history your whole life. I certainly haven't, you know, I'm relatively new to kind of getting into it. Like it's always kind of been present, but getting into it has been a recent thing for me. I'm not an expert on anything really. Um, but just learning about it in a in a physical way. So talking to people, living experiences, reading lived experiences, not just reading textbooks like a, a nerd tucked in a way. Like I'm I'm not the typical history buff you might come across. Like I'm like I said, nineteen, you know, kind of dress how a typical nineteen year old would, you know, have tattoos and I'm not someone that fits that kind of scholarly type necessarily but you know living and not reading is super important so just get out there you know just give it a go that's that's what i would say <laughs> i completely agree with you and also curiosity is your best tool in any situation when it comes to learning about history yeah just take go where your mind takes you i would say yeah and like you were saying, you become curious, you learn one thing, go further, learn more about that one thing, because there's going to be different perspectives. 
yeah, you, you can never stop learning about history. There's always more to go through. It's not like I, you're never a master unless you're, you know, you're a professor of history, then I, I won't, I won't speak to them. But if you're just a regular, <laughs> regular schmegular person like me, you're not going to be a master of history. So just take, like, go where your mind wanders, like follow your heart when you're invested in something, just go for it. And there's no wrong answers. Just consume, entertain, live history, I think not just learn about it at best i'm an amateur for my own history i was like i can't remember what i did yesterday for breakfast if that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a horrible I think we all struggle with that. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, think... a, it's a daily struggle yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality Def- definitely the first like i think the more people engage with with this it's going to benefit people i don't necessarily do this to keep us to, to hide it away to keep it to myself like i want like i'm so fascinated i want to tell everyone everything all the time i would like i was i'm home with my parents at the moment back from university um, so every morning i'll come down and say whoa guess what i read or guess what i learned or guess what i thought about this and they kind of get sick of me like oh Larry, whatever <laughs> okay but i'm you know i'm so enthused I don't want to hide it away. I want to tell everyone, everyone should learn about history. Like everyone should engage. Everyone learn about your own history. Learn about other people's history. Don't hide it. Share. And sharing knowledge absolutely grows the earth in a sense that we all become more connected and realize, oh, we kind of like share similar histories because it's that, I think it's the rule of six where everybody's connected by knowing six people or something like that. So, and then once it's the butterfly effect as well, where your action will have an impact on somebody else's history, which it's kind of like cool thing to think as well. Yeah. Like what, what I think one of the big takeaways I've gotten from studying history is we're more alike than people think that we are. You know, we're not so similar. Uh, sorry. We're not so different that people are the same essentially obviously people have different experiences and different lives but i would say the big fundamental thing we're all human we all have history so learning about each other is a way to to learn about ourselves i think and actually speaking about learning itself what has learning about history taught you in life i think one of the big things is to live more simply try not to get caught up in social media and online fury and twitter warriors and all that kind of thing like just take every day as it comes because you know you never know what's going to happen next essentially but I'm, I'm sure you know from your time being a tour guide you would have different people every day no you're not going to get the same person twice unless they're really into that particular memorial but yeah just we're all alike and learning about each other is essential i would say yeah. And like this podcast, I talk to somebody different every time and, you know, it's a learning experience. I'm learning about their history of their hobby. <laughs> yeah. I was I was listening to um, the one with York the other day. Um, that was super interesting. When he said about um, early on in the podcast, he was talking about how he sat down with those women in the, in the shopping center. That's what history is. It's, it's engaging with people that you wouldn't normally talk to, you wouldn't normally interact with. Um, and just i'm sure they both benefited from that experience um and that's what it is isn't it it's just learning with other people as a collective together it's it's amazing no i honestly believe it's the little moments that make life grand absolutely absolutely yeah now i've asked this question at the beginning of the episode but i'll ask it again at the end do you have any social media links websites projects podcasts maybe that you'd love to share with the listeners yes um so obviously my 
podcast is the rediscovery podcast on twitter but also um check out other people's podcasts it's not i don't want to keep this to myself check out everyone's podcast on history check out everyone that's putting out content so obviously rediscovery podcast on twitter is for me i'm laurie j coleman everywhere else but no check out everything learn everything engage with everything and there's no there's no wrong answers man that was so honorable of you just giving a shout out to everybody oh man you're such a <laughs> humble person oh. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what for the people listening go check out laurie's podcast right now because if you made it this far through this podcast i'm sure you want to listen to more of him so go check that out check that out right now and just show him some love thank you very much thank you and now for the last question the one that you weren't sure about at the beginning but everybody's waiting for but nobody wants do you have any questions for me about learning about history do you wish that you engage with it more? Do you, do you ever think, oh, I would really love to know about this, but I don't have the time? Or is there something that you wish you knew more about? Your own history? Something else? Hit me with it. Um, so before I was a tour guide in France, I was a tour guide here in Ottawa. I was a tour guide on the Rideau Canal, so I used to do guiding there. And then I did it in France for four months. And then as for my own history, I am multiracial. So I have multiple backgrounds, like family from all over the world. Um, and then uh, it was kind of hard because half, I'm half black and then half my family was due to slavery. So I wasn't able mm. to learn too much about that. But I've learned so much, uh, somewhat from the Caribbean. And then the other half, I'm half French as well. As in, so uh, I speak French first language. So I kind of know a little bit about my history, but not too much. I've asked my grandparents about their family tree. And uh, it's it, uh, they tried to make it, but they didn't have time as life got busy. But I was always curious. I even did to a certain point. I don't know how accurate it is, but the um, Ancestry.ca, the DNA test, I don't know what you feel about that. But oh, it, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard about it. I haven't done it, but I, I have heard about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I gave that a try and I saw my DNA. I'm like, oh, cool. I came from like part from here, 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 here from a lot of places. And uh, yeah, so those were like my curiosity points. But actually, on that note, have you ever considered doing it? I feel like I'd be afraid to what I, what I would learn. Like, I'm, I'm like, my, my learning of history is so fragile. Like, I don't know anything. But no, I think it would be fascinating to, to kind of get that, that knowledge about where you might come from. But I, I would almost rather live other people's experiences, like learn from people that can really tell me what it was like rather than like, I'd rather know that than, oh, I'm part German or, or things like that. But no, I think it would be interesting. But, you know, it's, it's maybe something on the horizon. A different type of history. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, from when I went and I worked back at Vimy, before I came back, I found a piece of barbed wire, some shrapnel, an empty bullet case that I brought back. Ooh. And then a couple of days before we came back from France, they were doing some excavations to build something new and they found a skull. No body, just the skull. Just hanging out. <laughs> Someone doesn't come to get it. <laughs> yeah, well, then it makes you think like, was it like blown off? Like, what was the story behind that? How is there no bones for a body, but just the head? How did it get there? Exactly. Yeah. And then we also, because I also worked in a tunnel, so we get to see the inside of the tunnels and carving on the walls and like see where the first like Canadian maple leaf was said to be put. And I realized I'm way too tall for the tunnels, so I had to duck. <laughs> I'm around 188 centimeters, so 1.88 meters. So for people who do the other way, I'm 6'2", roughly. 
So uh, not made for tunnels during the First World War. Yeah, yeah. I'm about that height, too. I don't have measured in a few years, but no. So especially around uh, where I live in Northamptonshire, there's loads of um, kind of Victorian houses and all the doorways are tiny, obviously. So ducking is a, is a thing that you, you come to you come to accept when you live around here. <laughs> and uh, another weird thing that I found recently, because we're doing renovations in the house beside us, and uh, they found some crayons from 1930, unused. Like some crayon, like unused. Like it's not Just like left there. yeah, like the box is kind of destroyed due to humidity, but the crayons inside, inside like the wax crayons, still in perfect condition. And I showed it to my grandmother. She's like, "Oh yes, I remember those." And she's like 81. So I was like, "Cool." Casually remembers them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's like, cool, that's an awesome thing to just find something like that. And my parents, when they did renovations to their place, they found a picture in the wall. Because back in the days, they would use newspapers as insulation. And they found a picture of the Little Rascals. I didn't even know what they are. Yeah, it's like a, an old, old uh, movie and show. But yeah, a lot of houses, I don't know how it is from where you're around, but I would imagine a lot of houses used newspapers as well as insulation. And if you were to open up the wall, you'd find some interesting things that were discussed on that specific day during that time yeah just you're surrounded by history all the time aren't you it's physically as well as it on the internet as well i could just imagine you right after this podcast you go and just start tearing down the walls tearing down there. my house <laughs> son what are you doing uh history i'm learning about learning. history <laughs> i'm learning <laughs> there's history behind these walls I don't think they'd be too happy with that. <laughs> no, no. But so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Laurie, for just coming on and just sharing your knowledge and your curiosity for history. I really did enjoy this conversation. It was a blast from the past, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Well, yeah. And uh, if you guys want to learn more about Laurie, you can go check him out in the description below. I'll put all the links there so it's very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, leave a review. I accept them. I'm not, I don't bite. I just growl. Uh, I, if you want to show some more support, it's completely optional, but I sell merchandise on Redbubble. And I also have a Patreon, which is also optional. So once again, thank you so much, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>